This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds, boosts, and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever, you don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not yet available, head to the DraftKings app and check out all of their daily fantasy contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy and Gambling Podcast, a little double dip on a Wednesday. Ben Heisler with you. The guys of Corey Parson, Frankie Tadeo, and Bill Enright will have a bull market fantasy podcast coming up for you a little bit later on today. And then, of course, myself, Corey, and Frankie will be back later on this week to preview the NFL Divisional Round on the SI Gambling Podcast. The Vegas Whispers information continues to be outstanding. Nearly 20 games above 500 when it comes to the NFL season and a very solid run in the playoffs as well. And for anybody that was a part of the SI uh, Fantasy Pro community, uh, one of the bits of of information that Frankie was able to get out in Vegas was a a two-team teaser that included the New Orleans Saints going down from 10.5 to 3.5. That covered easily. And then the other component of that teaser was Alabama. Now, fortunately... You know, you could have just bet those two games separately and been totally fine, but it was nice to go into Monday night feeling pretty good that Alabama only had to cover by one and a half points against Ohio that actually had a little bit of steam in the direction of Ohio State. So that's the benefit of being an SI Pro member. It's less than 20 bucks a month. You can head on over to SI.com slash gambling for more information. I'm excited today because the NHL season finally drops the puck. It's this Wednesday night. You have a couple games that I think I'm really intrigued by. Certainly with Tampa Bay and Chicago, the Blackhawks are my team, and it's going to be a strange season in Chicago, I think, especially trying to figure out what direction this team really wants to head in. Uh, For more on that, I'm joined by DraftKings NHL Insider and a terrific follow on the Tweet Machine as well, Jeff Ulrich. You can follow him at The Fantasy Grind. We're going to be touching on on, uh, NHL futures uh, tonight, slate on the DFS side. Really everything you need to know about the NHL Jeff is going to be able to cover it with us today. What's up, Jeff? Good to see you. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Definitely excited for the uh, you know the, the NHL season to return. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's already some interesting bets out there, so we'll uh, we'll obviously get through it. Before we uh, dive into the slate, some futures, um, a couple of props as well. There's plenty over at DraftKings Sportsbook, which I should say is the the proud sponsor of the SI Fantasy and Gambling Podcast. Um, I, I think from a nostalgic perspective when i go on to tune into the nhl tonight for the first time in a long time we're not going to have doc emmerich 
Colin Games. It's going to be Kenny Albert, who's who's done a terrific job. But um, as somebody who really sort of came into his own as a Blackhawk fan over the last 15, 20 years, you know, Doc Emmerich's calls were synonymous with that run for Chicago for so long. It's going to be weird for me not having him as a part of the broadcast anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I, I, I'm very familiar with Doc Emmerich. I will admit, I, as a Canadian, I don't want, I, I'm not someone who partakes in the American streams because we have our own set of guys who have the same kind of legacy as, as Doc Emmerich. But um, you, you're actually like the second person who said that to me over the last month. So I, I again, I, I am, I agree. I, th- I thought he was a great announcer too. And, and it does, uh, it does kind of suck that he's, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not around. Well, so, well, um, who are, who are the voices of your childhood as a Canadian hockey fan? Was it, I, I remember, I remember like on the, the old NHL series of video games, you had Jim Houston for a long time and he was great. Like, who are those voices for you? So definitely Bob Cole was, uh, is like a mainstay. Um, I'm actually not even sure if Bob Cole is announcing or if he's like very part-time. I can't remember if he retired, but um, Bob Cole was like, when I was growing up, he was like the man. Uh, he, I think he's a great announcer too. Um, definitely a lot of longevity. Jim Houston's good too. Absolutely. Um, he's been like part of a mainstay. I really like Chris, Chris Cuthbert. He's uh, he's kind of bounced around networks lately, but uh, to me, he's one of the top play-by-play guys in Canada. So um, same kind of thing. Like hockey seems to be synonymous with that. You have like a really sort of core group of guys who are just, uh, you know, the, at the top of the, a top of most people's list for announcing. So it is a subject uh, I, I actually kind of like talking about because I think there's always, there's, like I said, there's two or three guys that are just like so far above the rest. And I also enjoy somebody like Kenny Albert far more on hockey. I think he's an exceptional play-by-play guy uh, compared to football. And I think it just showcases the dynamic of, of what it takes to be a really good broadcaster, especially on, on TV. We know that radio, if you can keep up with the action, I mean, you're doing your job, but to be able to put something so fast uh, in terms for an audience where they can follow along and really still be able to highlight the analyst to set things up, Understanding timing, I think, is so important uh, when it comes to making a good television broadcaster. Again, a, a conversation that I think you and I can probably have, uh, you know, for several hours on another time. But uh, let's dive into what we should expect ahead of the 2021 season. Obviously, a shortened season. We're down to 54 games instead of the traditional 82. I think the NHL is hopeful that they'll get back to that level for the 2021-2022 season. But um, do you look at a shorter season with a shorter sample size and think? There's, there's really sort of more room for uh, teams to, to maybe surprise a little bit. We saw, you know, the Blackhawks, for example, in the postseason last year, come out and, and beat Edmonton when they were heavy underdogs. Are you looking at a shorter season and thinking to yourself, okay, maybe this is an opportunity for, you know, a team that has longer odds to make a bit of noise early on and perhaps hold on, whereas in a normal 82-game season, it wouldn't be as likely. Yeah, for for certain markets and the futures betting and stuff like that, definitely that that's kind of the approach I'm taking. Um, you know, there, there's teams up there that I still feel like this. You know, in this shortened season, if they got off to a good start, they're going to be really hard to stop. You know, the Avalanche, obviously the favorites for Stanley Cup. I, I don't necessarily want to bet them, but I don't really feel that great betting against them either. I mean, this is Nathan McKinnon, obviously at the height of his game. You know, they they added a little bit of depth on the on the back end. They really need to add any depth in the front end. So I think if the Avalanche could get good going, like they're going to be a tough team to stop. And I think they're really motivated. I think they know they're they're a top team. I think they have similar, a little bit similar to, to the Lightning last year, right? Like they, they just know that this is their time. So in a shortened season, that can work both ways, right? If you get a really confident team just coming in there, can steamroll. But to you know, to your point, um, 
you know, if there's if there's a team that I think is overvalued, uh, you know, sort of in the, in the top of the betting odds, I think the Maple Leafs are probably a good example of that. I have no problem fading them. Like, I think there's lots of good opportunities to take longer shots as well. So we can obviously dive into that. But, yeah, it, I think it's I think you're going to see it work both ways. I think you're going to see a couple of the top teams just really outperform. And I think you're going to see some of those teams that people may be projecting for, like, top five, top ten. I think you're going to see a lot of crashing and burning, too. You mentioned some of those top teams. Colorado, obviously, at the top. They're at plus 650 currently on DraftKings Sportsbook, with Tampa Bay right behind them at plus 750, and then Vegas uh, at plus 800, 8 to 1, and then the Maple Leafs coming in at 11 to 1. Um, you know, what's interesting is that, yeah, it's not always the most fun thing to be able to jump on some of those favorites in futures markets, but because it's the NHL and because it's not, say, the NBA where you can get a championship uh, future for like the Lakers at two to one or two and a half to one, where it's much more likely where you can project more of the outcome. Same thing with the NFL. I think the the Chiefs opened up the season at plus 400, maybe even plus 450 on DraftKings Sportsbook, knowing that they were the absolute favorite. Even though it's not the most exciting thing, Jeff, to, to jump on favorites in a futures market, is that six and a half to one, seven and a half to one, is that enough variance to say, okay, like there, there's enough differential here to feel like, okay, I can take a chance here despite them being at the top. It's, I generally don't do that when I'm, when I'm betting futures with, uh, with like NHL or, or really realistically any, like there's going to be the odd spot. Um, I, I don't think NHL is like a terrible place to do it, but Again, for me, like when you're when you're trying to invest in a futures market, and this kind of just goes for just general overall betting. I, I think you're gen- you should be looking at teams that you know are are obviously inflated right now and have a good chance of of maybe getting their odds cut, like maybe even in half, right? I don't know. I mean, you could get in a spot where the Avalanche are like plus three hundred, but um, you might not get there until you know like they're they're deep into the playoffs, right? So um, you you obviously have to you're talking about a lot of hurdles that you have to cross before you get there, whereas you know, you look down the 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 uh, the odds. You know, a team at plus two thousand, plus four, plus four thousand. You know, we could be talking like two months into the season. The, the, one of those teams has, you know, they're down to plus one thousand, right? So, and and I think there's opportunities out like out, out there in most leagues uh, at, at this point of the year. So realistically, this point of the year, unless I'm feeling like super confident and and I just have a reason to kind of you know shove all in on a team, uh, I, I'm generally not looking at, at those kind of shorter odds. Um, and, and as, you know, again, with a shortened season, I think there's more reason to kind of lean towards just trying to, when you're picking futures, looking for those teams that, uh, again, they're higher up in the odds. Uh, maybe they don't have as much, you know, realistic shot of, of winning the Stanley Cup as the Avalanche, obviously. There's a reason why the Avalanche are the favorites, but you're going to be getting better value on them because there, there are some, some teams where I think that, you know, a couple months from now, we could be talking about them a very, very much shorter on. So. All right, so who are a couple of those teams? A couple that maybe come to mind for me uh, is you have Boston, who's projected to win the East. Uh, at plus 250, you look at their actual odds to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Boston comes in on DraftKings Sportsbook at plus 1,500. So a little bit of differentiation compared to, you know, teams that are in the same division, teams that are like... Um, you know, Tampa Bay and Carolina that come in a little bit more close or Colorado and Vegas, though, those are two of the top three teams on the board. Um, and so they're going to be battling each other and that's going to impact divisional uh, playoff spots uh, as well. So who are those teams maybe a little bit further down on the list uh, that you do have your eye on? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, because of how the divisions are, are sort of set out. I mean, you bring up Colorado and Vegas. And again, I, I like those teams, both those teams. Uh, but again, we have two teams who are shorter in odds. They're both top three in odds. Like one of those teams is going to get eliminated by the other one, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about two teams are going to have to be, 
kind of going up against each other. So right off the bat, you're not really getting great, like anything great value here, considering the fact that, you know, these are two teams who, again, one of them is, is kind of just going to be eating the other one at, at some point. Whereas I think you, you make a good point, like the Bruins uh, at plus 1500, um, definitely in, in my mind, you know, dub, being double the lightning um, and, and we can talk about the lightning for a second. I mean, obviously they, they deserve some respect being the Stanley Cup, the, the defending Stanley Cup champions, but this is a team who, they, they, they lost, they lost their best forward. I mean, let, like, let's just be honest. They, they lost a, a superstar and, and I've seen a lot of arguments. Well, it's, it's not that big a deal. Like, I, I don't know how it can't be a big deal when you lose one of the top, like kind of five offensive players in the league from your lineup. And I understand that getting Stamkos back and stuff, but I think Nikita Kucherov is, is, is a pretty big loss. And I kind of feel like it's being underrated by the market right now. And again, we kind of have this super, this uh, Stanley cup hangover almost in the odds. So I definitely like fading the lighting. And that kind of brings me to my, the first team I kind of want to bring up, which is the Carolina hurricanes. I think they're in a similar spot to Boston in the odds here. And um, again, I just like, I kind of like taking them over Boston. A, their odds are a little bit bigger. They're sitting at plus 1800 uh, versus plus 1500, but it's not so much that it, it's more the division they're in, um, you know, outside of the lightning we, and, and obviously the stars are in here too, but I, I have, a, you know, the stars have, uh, are even a bigger fade for me than the lightning right now. So outside of the lightning and, and maybe the stars, this is a weak division. Um, you know, you've got the Blackhawks, you've got the Red Wings in there. Uh, probably two teams, uh, two more bottom feeding teams, especially the Red Wings. And then realistically, I, I think that the Hurricanes are, are very clearly a notch above teams like the Blue Jackets and, and Panthers. So this is a, a I, I don't I don't mind the, the Hurricanes to win this division either. I, I think they're a very solid team. When Dougie Hamilton was on the ice for them last year, uh, this was a team that performed to, to sort of elite uh, expectations in terms of stats. So he's healthy again. Uh, I, I just think that gives them a big boost. Uh, there's just no holes that I can really poke in the Hurricanes. And I think, again, uh, when you're getting the Lightning kind of uh, maybe a little bit um, you know, overvalued, then I think that opens an opportunity up for the Hurricanes. So they're kind of my first stop uh, in, in terms of Stanley Cup betting. I think if I was going to go down further, I'd probably go, um, you, you know, maybe to that, uh, maybe that's to, to that Canadian division because the Canadian division to me is the weakest of the three. And, and I look at teams like the Oilers and the Canadians there are plus 2,600. I'd probably lean towards the Canadians there. I think they have better goaltending. I think they're just better overall, like almost two number one defensemen. I think the Montreal Canadiens being in that division with how they've reloaded on their offense a little bit, I think they, they offer pretty good value too. Yeah, there's a lot of intriguing plays. You can get Montreal to win the North Division at plus 400 right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. You also mentioned Carolina. They come in at plus 350. As far as winning the actual Stanley Cup, Carolina at 18-1 to 1, uh, to go ahead and win the Cup, and Montreal at plus 2,600. Uh, so some very intriguing odds if you're looking for a few teams down that list uh, to be able to go ahead and make a couple of futures bets uh, over at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Uh, as far as any other props that are available on DraftKings Sportsbooks, book for the start of the season obviously there's uh, a couple different points totals that you can dive into uh, if you're looking for top goal scores on each team top points uh, any of those particular props for the start of the season uh, that you have your eye on so I, I like taking a shot in the uh, in, in the MVP markets I, I, it's always a fun one to target because you're kind of like buying stock in a player right I mean obviously you know, you, you can track them. And, and as he goes, you know, you, your, your bet is going to go. Um, and, and again, it, it plays very similar to the, the Stanley Cup markets. We're talking about players, right? You can kind of buy buy these guys at higher odds and, and uh, if they get off to a good start, um, you know, that you could definitely be in a really good position with a bet, perhaps for a cash out, perhaps for some kind of hedge. 
Uh, we saw that in the, you know, in the NFL MVP odds um, this year, you know, if you had a piece of Russell Wilson early, he was down to like the, the betting favorite at one point, obviously he's, he's completely gone from the conversation now, but you know, you see a lot of swings. It's a fun market to bet. So I like going to the, uh, the MVP odds. I really like getting a piece of Jack Eichel this year. Um, plus 2000 It's the player who's, who's really progressed to like more than a point per game player, which is you know really important in my opinion for MVP. He plays center, which again, it, it sounds a little silly, but I just feel like the center position, it's, it's, it's not quite where you put the quarterback position in terms of any NFL MVP voting, but it gets a little bit more credence in my mind. If you're a top line center and you're up there in the top three centers and scoring, you're going to get a little bit uh, more weighted vote, votes in my opinion. So I like that. Um, and, and realistically, you look at where the Sabres are. Um, they're, they're still a long shot team. They're not even really favored to make the playoffs. Like you can get them a plus money just to make the playoffs. They're in a tough division. So there's not much expectations here. If the Buffalo Sabres make the playoffs, uh, it's probably going to be because Jack Eichel's having a great year. He's got Taylor Hall, obviously, on his wing now. And you put those two equations together. Well, if the Sabres make the playoffs and Eichel's probably going to get a lot of credit for it, he's probably going to be in the MVP conversation. And his odds, plus 2,000. You know, um, you look at who's uh, who's kind of under him, uh, Panarin, uh, Pedersen. I don't mind Pedersen. Um, I, I think he's definitely worth a, worth a look too, but I'd rather take Eichel. I, Eichel's proven to be the better scorer of the two, uh, better, uh, higher goal rate. Um, again, he's got Taylor Hall on his wing now. And Panarin, I, I really like. I mean, he's a great player, but he's he's kind of surrounded by talent too. I mean, i kind of rather take Mika Zajinabad there. I think if I was going to take a dart on, uh, on the Rangers team. So I think Eichel is, is the driver. I think he's got the, the bigger profile as the higher draft pick. And, and again, you're kind of making a bet here on the Sabres. If they can just squeak into the playoffs, they don't have to win their division, I don't think, for Eichel to win the MVP. But if they make the playoffs, people are going to say, oh, wow, that's a great turnaround by the Sabres. Eichel deserves a lot of credit. Plus 2,000. I think those are good odds. Yeah, I, I like those odds as well. You can also get them at plus 2,000 for the points leaders for the Art Ross Trophy, as well as for the Rocket Trophy for leading goal scorer. He comes in a little bit lower there at plus 1,600. Um, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about hockey DFS because I, I think this typical area tends to be a little bit more saturated saturated in the market by, by people that are playing on a more consistent basis. It's not as casual of a market as your NFL DFS and, and same thing with NBA. And so I think just from a, a leverage perspective and strategy, can you walk us through typically how you go about preparing and, and how you put together a lot of your NHL DFS lineups? Uh, what sort of trends are you looking for? How you're looking to stack, uh, especially for you know the start of the season? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, uh, the start of the season is, it's, I mean, there's, there's not, obviously you want to kind of keep up on more training camp news and stuff like that. And uh, I, I think the start of the season, it's almost a little easier because we have such a news flow. It's almost like the NFL. Like we have a couple weeks of news. We know what's going to happen. Whereas in season, you're adjusting to injuries and lineup decisions, but you know, realistically, you, you want to get a good sense of, of where the lines are going to be at. Uh, that, that should be your, your first and foremost, because when you're making NHL DFS lineups, you know, correlating guys with players on their line, especially for forward, obviously for forwards, I'm mainly talking about here, um, is going to be a big thing. You know, you want those that correlated scoring. If, if um, McKinnon is, is, is picking up a, a goal and, and you got Landeskog on his line, um, you know, there's a good chance one of those, you know, an assist is coming from Landeskog as well, just as a, a, an example. Um, you know, so, so right off the bat, you want to get a good idea of what the, what the lines are going to be at. And then, the other thing, you know, you, know, you want to know what, what the overall just profile of the teams are on the slate. Is there some 
some teams that are going to give up a ton of shots because for DraftKings, scoring shots on goal is a huge thing. And saves for goalie is a huge thing too. You know, when I'm looking at goalie, um, again, it's not necessarily, I don't necessarily start by who's going to be the favorite. Uh, DraftKings kind of changed their, their NHL DFS scoring a little bit to weight players, to weight goalies, excuse me, who are getting a lot of saves. So uh, I'm looking at teams who give up a lot of shots on that because there's a 35 uh, save bonus that you can get three extra points. So th- those are two things I definitely start by looking at, um, mainly with the goalies. You know, uh, if, if there's a high-profile goalie out there who's, who's going to face a lot of shots, I-, I want a piece of that, especially if he's being discounted a little bit. And then uh, just looking for value in terms of the line. I mean, you want players who are in the top six. You want players who are getting power play exposure. Um, so looking at all those things and uh, just looking for increased opportunity. With NHL, and it, it flows a little bit like this, uh, NBA DFS is, is even more so because it's, it's obviously we're talking about five players on the floor for so much, but for NHL DFS, it's a little bit the same. You really just want to keep an eye on the opportunities. Uh, are guys getting a, a bump up into the top six who maybe they're, maybe they're priced at like 3,500 because they're usually a, a bottom six player, but they've been moved up for some kind of reason, an injury or a coach's decision. You want to keep up on the lines and, and, and stuff like that. So that's the biggest thing. And again, you really want to correlate if you're using a center and he's got a cheap winger, who's got some offensive upside, make sure you try and correlate them and, and stack them together. There's plenty more from Jeff Ulrich who you can find on Twitter at the Fantasy Grant. I'd also encourage anybody listening, uh, if they're looking to get prepared and get started when it comes to NHL DFS, um, our insider Rob Jeriak has his point shot article available over at si.com slash fantasy. You can check that out to get ready for the start of the season. Uh, each day in his article, he's going to be highlighting his three favorite skaters, favorite line stacks, his top goalies of the night, and also a couple one offs to consider for lineups. So with regards to the lineups for tonight, we'll get into a couple betting angles as well. Uh, are there a couple key skaters or maybe a stack that you're going to be focused on most? Yeah. So I, I kind of like this, uh, this, this Vancouver um, Edmonton game, I, I think to see some points uh, you've got a couple teams there with, with good power plays, um, you know, weaker goaltending as well. There, there's some big, bigger point totals on the slate, but, uh, realistically, uh, I feel like these two teams have a, have a really good shot. And they, they have trends towards the over as well from last season. That So I, I think that's a really good one to target. Um, again, you've got uh, Pedersen down there at 6,800. Um, know, As far as center goes, he's, he's down there as like the, the eighth or ninth most expensive center. I like pairing him uh, with uh, with JT Miller. Assuming he plays, obviously, he's got a bit of a, a – de- actually, so he's out now for the first four games, so scratch that. But Again, you can look. Yeah. It might, might be. Is it, is it Hoglander or Hoglander that's subbing in for him? Yeah, it is. It is. And again, I, the, the COVID situation, this is going to be, it's even going to make the <laughs> looking at lineups more important here on a day to day basis. So Miller out for the first few games with, with COVID. So that's a good update for people. But yeah, it is going to be Hoglander most likely. So, um, but I, I still like Pedersen in this spot. And I think, uh, again, if, if, if you don't even want to pair him with a winger, like using him and Quinn Hughes tonight as, as part of the power play one for the Canucks makes a lot of sense here. Again, Oilers have weaker goaltending. Hughes still available at a pretty, pretty good price too, considering he's basically a point per game player almost for Vancouver coming down the stretch. And then for Edmonton, again, I, I mean, I don't mind uh, targeting them. You got Kyler Yamamoto um, still at a really cheap price. This is a player who's entrenched in their top six. He's going to get opportunities with a guy like Dreisaitl. So uh, I think there's some value there as well. That's, that's probably my, you know, where I'd start. I think there's just the best value there. Obviously, we have some studs on the slate. The highest projected play for me is Steven Stamkos uh, at 7,400 going up against the Blackhawks who are a ton of shots on goal. I don't necessarily see that changing too much this year either. They still have a really young team, uh, kind of a poor defense. And Stamkos, 
he's going to be asked to do more. So uh, Steven Sapko is kind of the top overall play. And then I like going to Edmonton and uh, Vancouver for some good value. And, and I think that transitions well as we look into some of the betting eagles for tonight's game. The the Lightning, if we're looking at some recent trends, have gone 6-0-0 over the past six years in opening games at home. They're, they're currently favored by one and a half goals against the Blackhawks. You can get that one and a half puck line uh, at plus 110 over at DraftKings with a total of, of six and a half. Uh, money line play, they're at minus 230. Uh, in the earlier game, you have Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, followed by Montreal and Toronto to kick things off. Uh, in the late games tonight, Vancouver at Edmonton, and then St. Louis taking on Colorado. So plenty, uh, as you mentioned, Jeff, of really dynamic scores on the slate tonight. But as far as looking at, at some of the potential plays, and again, uh, for anyone looking for more information, you can head on to si.com slash gambling. Uh, our insider, Roy Lark breaks down his two best bets for tonight's action. One of those games includes the game that we've just been talking about with both Chicago and Tampa Bay. Uh, but talk to me about some of the games that you're eyeing for tonight in, in any particular plays. Yeah, so, I mean, um, I think Chicago and Tampa Bay, if you're going to bet it, I'd probably take the, the puck line at minus 1.5. I don't know if I'd put it as my best bet or, or favorite, but I, I definitely would, would take that side. I don't think I'd want to fade the Stanley Cup uh, champion in their home opener. Maybe fading the Tampa Bay Lightning long-term is good, but I think my favorite bet, uh, there's two probably. Uh, again, I'll give out two as well. Um, I, I just like the Canadians this year, and I, I feel like they're being undervalued right off the start. Start Just take them on the money line, plus one, uh, 123 right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook. It's the team, who, again, uh, they, don't, they, don't, they have two number one defensemen, in my opinion, Jeff Petrie, Shea Weber. Carey Price looked fantastic in the playoffs last year. If we see any carry over there, they're going to have an advantage in goal. Uh, the, the Maple Leafs are a team I like fading almost all the time because they're a big public bet. They're almost like the Cowboys. Yeah, it's a good comp. What's that? I said it's a good comp. Yeah, absolutely. They, they are the Dallas Cowboys for me of, uh, of, uh, of the NHL. You know, the, the Maple Leafs are just a really popular team, especially in Canada. So, uh, again, I, I like the, the addition with Tyler Toffoli for the Canes. I think they retooled their offense a bit. they got some good young centers. I like the Canadians in, in all facets this year, and I like them on opening night at that plus money. And I like the over, like I said, in the Canucks and Oilers. You have some over trends that are clicking. Um, six, it just seems too low. We've got some games here that, that are um, yeah, pressed for 6.5 uh, and over-under, and I'm kind of surprised the Canucks and Oilers aren't there. You can get them at minus 118 for the over. So I definitely take the over on that total as well. How have you approached in-play betting for the NHL? I know a lot of times people will see some some major money line plays uh, if a team is down by even just a goal to start off the third period, they might see a team at, at plus 300 or plus 400 and think, oh, all of a sudden, all it takes is one goal. They're right back in this game. How would you typically approach in-play betting in the NHL? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that, that's kind of how you how I would do it. Um, you, you're looking for teams that have just kind of been you know, overinflated. Maybe they're down a goal or two and, and their odds have just like pumped up to a ridiculous margin. Um, especially, you know, you've obviously got to know the teams involved. Uh, I, I think if I'm going to take, be taking a money line play like that in play, it, it's probably against the team where, um, yeah, maybe they got off to like a, a hot start with offense, but we know that they'll either allow a lot of shots on goal or their goalie just, uh, isn't, uh, you know, what you call elite. He's probably more middle of the pack and, and more prone to things like that. So definitely if you're targeting those in play money line wagers, and I don't mind doing that at all. Um, make sure you're doing it against teams who who have that tendency uh, to allow a, a lot of shots on goal or just have a goalie that, again, uh, isn't trustworthy to, to shut out games. So always looking at the matchups and the teams in play there. But, yeah, that, that is the strategy. If I'm ever doing an NHL in play bet, it, it's always kind of looking for an underdog team 
maybe trailing, maybe going into the third period down a goal or something, and you're just getting a little bit inflated odds. All right, before I let you go, you also are DraftKings uh, DFS insider and betting insider for the PGA Tour as well. You got the Sony Open, another opportunity for some of these guys to be able to play back-to-back weekends in Hawaii in January. It just does not get any better than that. Uh, I I wrote up our piece over at Sports Illustrated yesterday, so I'm curious to get your perspective on a couple of the guys that I like and also hear uh, either from the DFS side or from the betting side, a a couple guys that you might be interested in in as well. Um, I'm a big proponent of Joaquin Neiman, not necessarily for his price point on DraftKings this week. He's the fourth highest golfer on the slate. Uh, But if you look at the odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, he comes in all the way at 28 to 1. That's the eighth lowest. Uh, And Neiman is one of those guys that I love to play, especially when he's in the middle of a heater. Lost in a playoff last week to Harris English, I think because he's back in Hawaii and because he's playing so well right now. I don't mind jumping on him at what I think are are very advantageous odds. Uh, And then if we're looking for a couple values, I know that, you know, recent form uh, and performance for Jason Kokrak hasn't been great, but I think the metrics would indicate that he's well on his way to turning it around. And, And one of the trends that I've noticed too for Kokrak is that he's somebody who it doesn't matter whether he's missed a cut. Sometimes guys need a, a few rounds to get back on track. With Kokrak, he he won the CJ Cup after missing a cut the previous week. So uh, I like his price point at DraftKings. He's 7,700. Uh, I, I think he might be 66 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So he's going to be another guy uh, that I'm going to be all over this week. Who are a couple of names for you that either you're betting on uh, or you're going to be looking to roster this week at the Sony Open? Yeah, Kokrak definitely like a very up and down player. So don't be don't be scared off him necessarily just because of the one miscut. So I definitely agree with that take. Um, so for me, I, look, I, yeah, Neiman is is a fantastic player, and and I actually think he's 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 pretty good odds this week. I went with a little bit more veterans just because of the layout. Uh, highly uh, or, or Wiley, I kind of I can't remember. The but uh, <laughs> we just know it's in Honolulu and it's beautiful. Exactly right. So it's more of a classic track, uh, kind of plays to the veterans a little bit shorter. I, I went with Daniel Berger. He's played here five times before. You you, you have to pay shorter odds here. Uh, and again, it, it does. It, I almost feel like it, it's a bit of a misstep not to take Neiman with bigger odds. But I just like the veterans in this spot. He's played here five times. Like I said, his approach game is just trending absolutely great right now. He's gained strokes in, in like 13 of his last 14 events or something crazy like that. Struck it well last week. I see this as more of a Berger track. He's a great par 70 player. I just didn't want to miss out there. And I, I really actually like him more as a DraftKings play too. At 10K, I definitely feel like, you know, you actually have a discrepancy. Berger has lower odds in the betting department, so it almost makes Neiman the better value. But in DraftKings, it's switched. Berger has a lower DraftKings price. So I definitely like Berger as a DFS play more so. And then for betting, um, you know, I, I think Zach Johnson's actually in a really good spot here. Uh, you can get him around 40, maybe even a, a little bit bigger, 40 to 1 or bigger. Um, but this is a play who's, who's he's won the Sony Open before. And realistically, we've seen this sort of target of, of price range in the DraftKings, in the, in the betting odds uh, pay off a lot here. Matt Kuchar won a 40 to 1 uh, a couple of years ago. Um, last year, Cam Smith was around 50 to 1. Again, it's just a player with a lot of experience at this track. He was trending really well with his approaches uh, coming into uh, to the end of last year. I, I, I like that price. Uh, this is just a veteran's track, and, and you generally see some of these older guys compete. So those are kind of t- two of my top bets, and I definitely like Zach Johnson for, for big field GPPs too because he always seems to go overlooked in the FS. No doubt about it. Jeff, always appreciate your time. Thank you for your insight. For anybody looking to get a little bit more information from Jeff, make sure you guys are following him at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter and also checking out his content over at DraftKings and the DraftKings Playbook. Thanks so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate the insight, and uh, best of luck with your golf bets, with your NHL bets, with your DFS plays, and uh, we'll do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Have a good uh, – hope everyone has a good hockey season, and uh, good luck this week.